Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. You don't know how to play first base. It's not that hard, Scott. Tell him, Wash. It's incredibly hard. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. Every time you play one off your hips, you owe me 40 sit-ups. On Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Hey, you guys. Don't throw me anything. My girlfriend put a curse on my glove. Here's your host, Darren Pritchett. You lolly get the ball around the end. You know what that makes you. Larry. Lolly get. All right, let's get to a little baseball talk as Sportsbeat continues on this Thursday evening. 5.32 is your time. My name is Darren Pritchett, joined by the voice of the Fort Wayne Tin Caps. Tin Caps in town to take on the South Bend Cubs. Two games in the books. Fort Wayne took those two contests, but the series will roll on through Sunday, including tonight. At 7.05, John Nolan is the voice of the Fort Wayne Tin Caps, who are the San Diego Padres High A affiliate in the good old Midwest League. And he joins me right now on WSBT Radio. John, a pleasure to talk to you as always. How are things at the ballpark today? Hey, Darren, no pleasure of mine to have the chance to join you here. And, yes, yeah, shaping up for the final game of the first half of this Midwest League season between the South Bend Cubs and the Fort Wayne Tin Caps. The records will reset uh, tomorrow for the second half, but I know last year that worked out well for these South Bend Cubs who went on to win the Midwest League Championship. And in this case, this year, that's the objective for both these teams, even in opposite divisions now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Fort Wayne in the East Division, South Bend in the West. But, uh, yeah, always, uh, always a treat to get to come back here to Four Winds Field. I got to start you with a Major League Baseball question because I think so many fans – when they see the Yankees, for example, spend all that money, you want them to lose. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be that different person. I applaud teams spending money anymore because those teams going for it, I appreciate that. Like, for example, two teams that you know very well, you're affiliated with the Padres. They have spent a lot of money. And I know growing up, you're a New York Met fan. They have spent a boatload of money this year. I really want them to succeed, John, because – I want to see more activity in baseball and more teams going for it rather than tanking and building for the future. So I want to see the Padres and the Mets win. How do you look at those particular situations since you're more tied to those teams? Yeah, I totally agree with you. And it's unfortunate that right now it's just about a competition between the Padres, the Mets, and we could throw in your Cardinals probably for who's been the biggest disappointment uh, in all of baseball, especially in the National League. And, yeah, with the Mets, I guess it kind of makes sense since they got Steve Cohen to take over as owner a few years ago, and he's one of the wealthiest billionaires in the entire country. Certainly, I think it has taken more by surprise to see what the Padres have done, and there are questions about how sustainable it can be, especially because, you know, this gets pretty complicated when you look at the economics of baseball for a long time. You know, people say that the Yankees could spend as much money as they were because of 
their local television contract and owning their own TV mm-hmm. station in the S Network. I mean, all of a sudden here, midway through this year, you've got the Padres broadcast being controlled by Major <laughs> League Baseball, and that's a, a pretty significant dent into some of their revenue. But already at this point, they've set a franchise record for sellouts in the season in a season at Petco Park. And so, yeah, even though it's 2,000 miles away from Fort Wayne, it's been a partnership dating all the way back to 1999. And it's been pretty cool to see more and more brown and gold Tatis jerseys at Parkview Field down in Fort Wayne. And, uh, yeah, I think they're a fun team. They've got the star power with Tatis and Manny Machado and Juan Soto and Xander Bogarts. And it's been pretty puzzling that they haven't been able to to have a better season. They're up 10-0 on the Giants here today, but it dropped uh, three in a row coming in. But I uh, totally agree with you. It's more fun for the game when you've got uh, you've got different teams spending and, and competing. Yeah. You spent time around Fernando Tatis Jr. when he was a Fort Wayne tin cap. Now he's become a superstar in the game of baseball. I know he's had some speed bumps away from the game, the suspensions, the motorcycle accidents. But I want to spend more on the baseball side with Tatis because you saw him as an infielder in Fort Wayne. He's now been shifted to the outfield in San Diego because they've got a really good third baseman and shortstop in Machado and Bogarts. Did you expect Tatis to become an outfielder, or is this more just about making sure you have great players everywhere? And because you have Bogarts, let's move Tatis to the outfield because Bogarts is a little better defensively? Well, it's funny because back in 2017 when Tatis was a 17-year-old playing with the Tin Caps in the Midwest League, and was really, again, as an 18-year-old, sort of probably still having his growth spurt. And I guess that's six years ago, but it feels like wow. in some ways a different era because you had people wondering, oh, can someone who's six foot four at that size stick at shortstop? Now all of a sudden I think it's just become more commonplace as guys like Carlos Correa and Corey Seager and Tatis. And, uh, heck, you had O'Neill Cruz with the Pirates last year become the tallest shortstop ever now. Ellie uh, De La Cruz with the Reds. Uh, the list goes on of these freakish, or we would have thought previously, freakish athletes who have the athleticism to handle shortstop. So definitely didn't really anticipate Tatis moving on to right field, but it almost became necessary due to a, a nagging shoulder injury that he was sustaining and some other bumps and bruises that come from the, the, the excuse me the demands mm-hmm. of playing shortstop and so I think the Padres understanding how much value he provides need to make sure that uh, he stays more upright and healthier and it's pretty incredible that he's leading the National League in outfield assists from right <laughs> even though he missed the first 20 games of the season and it's a brand new position for him but again that speaks to the otherworldly type of talent that he really is. John Nolan, the voice of the Fort Wayne Tin Caps, my guest on WSBT Radio. I remember a couple of years ago, you were on the show, and I told you I never would have guessed Fran Mil Reyes would have become a major league player after watching him in Fort Wayne strike out 130 times every year. But I learned that you got to be patient, in particular with low-A guys. Some guys just figure it out sooner than others, and he was late to develop. Well, I'm going to add a second player from Fort Wayne that I – am really surprised is having success at the major league level, and that is Jack Sawinski, who was a tin cap and a high draft pick, a high school kid out of Chicago. He's now with the Pittsburgh Pirates. He's hit double-digit home runs. He's still striking out a lot, and I think those strikeouts made me wonder, is this kid going to pan out? But, John, he has turned into a really solid major league player for Pittsburgh. Would you have guessed that? 
I would have been in that same boat with you, not anticipating that. And again, that was a, a different time, really, with uh, Fort Wayne and the South Bend Cubs playing at the low A level, and now yeah. they're high A. But uh, Suwinski, who is 18 and 19 for the most part, playing in the Midwest League back in 2017 and 18. At that point, that's when the Padres had what uh, pretty much all evaluators considered to be the best overall farm system in baseball and arguably the deepest. And so Sawinski was a little bit of an afterthought because, yeah, he played a season in the shadow of a Tatis and some other big-name prospects. And that second season, uh, when he repeated with the Tin Caps, he didn't really show a ton of progress until late in that season. But, uh, yeah, to be honest, the, the Padres might be regretting that one because I remember talking with Jack in 2020 when there was no minor league baseball season and it just was clear that he wasn't a guy that the Padres were even really checking in with much uh, that year. And sure enough, he would later be traded to the Pirates uh, as a, a throw in for Adam Frazier. Mm. It was a rental piece for, uh, for the Padres. So yeah, credit to Swinsky. He was, um, a fan favorite in Fort Wayne, really nice guy from a great family. I bet some uh, fans here at Four Winds Field over those couple of seasons in seven, eight, 17 and 18 may have met his dad and his family because his dad was always uh, walking around the ballpark with a, a cold beverage in his hand <laughs> and a, a big smile, a big laugh. Uh, so really just like you experience here with the South Bend Cubs, uh, it's a lot of fun to see these former guys go from uh, playing in northern Indiana yeah. where uh, they're kind of uh, a secret. We only know about them, and then all of a sudden they get thrust into a big spotlight, and it's a lot of fun to see them succeed. Yeah, not that their skill sets are exactly the same, but I always thought about Jack Sawinski and Cole Roterer of South Bend in the same boat, left-handed hitters coming out of high school, big signing bonuses, really good power from the left side. Cole's had a lot of injuries. He's at double-A right now, but it's good to see Jack having – Great success with the Pittsburgh Pirates. I'll tell you what, John, the minor leagues really have been a big help to the major leagues from the standpoint of improving the major league product. The rules put in place in the minors to see if they would work. The pitch clock, changing the bases, all those alterations have made Major League Baseball so much better. I would assume when you saw these rules play out in front of your eyes in Fort Wayne and across the Midwest League that they were going to work at the major league level? I probably thought there was going to be a little bit more resistance from uh, veterans in baseball. So I've been pleasantly surprised that um, there really were hardly any hiccups going back to spring training and getting this season now in full swing. So it's awesome because, yeah, I think everyone's pretty well aware of it by now. But just to use Fort Wayne specifically as an example, two years ago, 2021, average time of game for the Tin Caps was about three hours and 15 minutes. And so we've trimmed about <laughs> – literally 30 to 40 minutes off of that and I think it's really cool that now all of a sudden you get to the ninth inning and you still got families uh, in the seats you still got all the fans who are sticking around till the end whether or not there's fireworks and now we get to see more action and so I'm really really happy for the game that we love and care about that it's uh, been a smashing success at the major league level I know they're starting to have the highest attendance numbers in the big mm -hmm. leagues that we've seen in more than a decade or so. And I hope uh, that everything really just uh, stays on this track. John Nolan, the voice of the Fort Wayne Tin Caps, my guest, Fort Wayne and South Bend tonight, right here on WSBT Radio at 7.05. John, I know at least according to the website, Cade Horton is starting for South Bend tonight, their number one draft pick from 2022 out of Oklahoma. He'll take on the Tin Caps, who have played really good baseball 
as of late. And just going back to my time doing South Bend games, it seemed like, John, you were always calling Fort Wayne teams that were extremely young, one of the younger teams in the Midwest League. I'm wondering, is this year's team a little on the young side compared to most Midwest League teams and possibly name a couple of players to watch for fans maybe coming out to Four Winds Field the next couple of days? Yeah, again, going back to that era when Fort Wayne and South Bend were playing at the low A level, the Tin Caps did routinely have a, a lineup full of 17 <laughs> and 18-year-old guys. They were the Teen Caps more so than the Tin Caps. <laughs> and now that we're at the high A level, and even just going back to referencing the likes of Fran Miel Reyes, Jack Sawinski, I guess I kind of viewed that low A level as almost pass-fail to compare it to yep. school. And so we saw some guys maybe barely – get that passing grade to keep moving on the ladder in the minors, whereas now here at the high A level, average age for a player is more like 22, 23 years old, and I think we see the true prospects like a Cade Horton really shine. And in the case of this Tin Caps team this year, funny enough, they still do have the youngest pitching staff in the league. They've got a 19-year-old who will be starting here tomorrow night, or I should say on Saturday, rather, in Victor Lizarraga. He'd be a name to know, but uh, – Overall, not quite as young yet. The youngest guy uh, in the lineup is the top prospect for the Padres at any level in their minor league system. That's Jackson Merrill. He was 19 to open the season. He turned 20 uh, about a couple months ago now. And that's going to be a fun matchup tonight. It's actually the free game of the day uh, for fans to watch in addition to listening to here tonight. So Merrill's a shortstop. And, you know, just to mention how we've seen Tatis and Fort Wayne even had Trey Turner. And so those are guys with some of the loudest tools in the game. Merrill is just more of a, a steady presence. He's not the fastest. He's not the biggest home run threat. But, man, this guy's gone nine games in a row without striking out, which in this day and age seems like it's pretty unheard of, let alone for, again, one of the youngest hitters in the league to do that. And for the season, yeah, fifth lowest strikeout rate in the league. And he had a tough month of April. So if you look at his season stats right now, they're not too eye-popping. But he started to figure things out. Uh, in the first week or so of May, and so now for the last month and a half, he's second in the league in batting average at 324. Hit a home run here last night, and again, he's not a flashy player in the field either, but really steady, and so he's a guy who probably won't be with Fort Wayne for too much longer mm. and uh, is maybe going to be the next big name to, to come out of the Midwest League. He's considered the top prospect in the league here this year. So Jackson Merrill definitely one to, uh, to pay attention to for fans who are coming out to the ballpark here this weekend, and it'll be fun to see him face Cade Horton tonight. John, Fort Wayne is such a great sports town. It has such a great history of being a sports town. I know recently the Fort Wayne G League team – I understand it's moving to Noblesville, and there's such a, a great history with basketball and Fort Wayne. I guess that team's moving to Noblesville. Is, is there any chance Fort Wayne in the near future might be getting another basketball team? Is that up in the air? Yeah, and I've had the chance to, to call the Pacers G League games uh, for the Fort Wayne Mad yeah. Ants uh, in recent years. Now, not that I'm aware of in terms of uh, anything new coming, coming to town. Um, it is ironic because what the Pacers are doing – bringing the, uh, their G League team to Noblesville, so within a half hour, basically, of downtown Indy is what a lot of other teams are doing. You've got the Bulls who have the Windy City Bulls who play uh, by the airport, and 
the Pistons now have their G League team playing on the uh, Wayne State campus uh, near downtown Detroit. But uh, go figure, the Denver Nuggets, who just uh, won it all, <laughs> they're, a, they're a G League affiliate in Grand Rapids. And uh, really? the second longest uh, distance, or maybe number one on the list, actually, would be the Miami Heat, whose affiliates in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. So uh, I understand the convenience factor that these front office executives are looking for and for I guess I don't mean this to be derogatory, but spoiled players who are going to mm-hmm. complain about a two-hour bus ride from <laughs> Fort Wayne to Indy. Um, I get that, but at the same time, look, it didn't seem to uh, to hurt organizations like the Heat and the Nuggets uh, as far as their NBA-level success goes. But, yeah, it was kind of a history repeating itself since the Pistons originated in Fort Wayne, uh, and they were one of the founding members of the uh, NBA a little more than 75 years ago. So pretty disappointing to see history repeat itself like that. And we'll see. uh, I'm not sure what the future holds. But, uh, yeah, Fort Wayne, definitely a great sports city. We've got the Tin Caps, still got the uh, Fort Wayne Comets and the ECHL. It's like double-A hockey. Uh, There's a growing soccer community there with Fort Wayne FC. They're led by DeMarcus Beasley, a former member of the national team. So not to mention the college, high school sports, uh, as you know. So, uh, yeah, at least we still got got Midwest League baseball. Well, I'll tell you what, if those basketball players would have had a chance to eat at the Fort Wayne Tin Caps ballpark, including the media <laughs> food, they never would have wanted to leave for Noblesville because, hands down, the best Midwest League food in terms of what the media got was always in Fort Wayne, including the Sunday buffet, which I hope still happens. Yeah, we're definitely uh, <laughs> we're spoiled in that regard. Uh, in Fort Wayne and for fans, great concession options, and it continues just like here in South Bend to be affordable family fun. Yes. So, uh, yeah, like we talked about, it's awesome to see right now baseball sort of finding its stride again uh, as our national pastime and just hope that continues. All right, one more question for you, and I've known John for a few years now with my time with the South Bend Cubs. I wasn't sure he was going to be able to come on the show today because he is such a world phenomenon now with social media <laughs> Because John got married during the offseason. Let me play a little music here. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and this was the song, I believe, you and your wife came into the reception to. Is that right? The Edwin Diaz song of the New York Mets? Yeah, so, and Derek, congratulations to you uh, on your uh, nuptials as well. But uh, I'm sure a lot of guys out there might be able to relate in the wedding planning process. I wasn't the biggest contributor. But uh, around this time last year, heart of the baseball season, Edwin Diaz was having the all-star campaign with the Mets, who were my childhood team. And so I thought, well, this would be a fun song to get everyone uh, energized. I mean, look what it's doing at City Field. It's kind of taking the baseball world by storm. This would uh, enhance our party experience. So that was like my one idea to chip in for the wedding planning. Luckily, uh, my wonderful wife uh, probably rolled her eyes, but she went along with it. I the, the, the bit, too, is like I put it out on social media, on Twitter, saying, hey, if this gets 3,900 likes uh, since Edwin Diaz is number 39, then we'll do it. And so, yeah, that happened in like an hour. And, uh, yeah, I guess it was a slow news day in the summer uh, pretty, pretty much as people caught on to it. But that was a lot of fun. And what a difference a year makes because Diaz, of course, got Ugh. hurt in the World Baseball Classic this year. And so – uh, yeah, there's there's no trumpets at City Field or around baseball. Although, funny enough, his younger brother is the closer for the Reds. He's yeah. uh, been a busy guy of late with their surge. And um, not sure what his walkout song is, but maybe uh, oh. if, if the Reds keep it up, 
11 wins in a row for them. Perhaps uh, that could be a viral moment for someone, too. Well, I tell you what, I've not met your wife, but she is a saint for going <laughs> along with that. That's Amen. really, really cool. Outstanding. Well, congratulations to you and your wife, and good luck to you and the rest of the baseball season. Hopefully a lot of victories come your way as Fort Wayne would look to win what their second Midwest League championship if they get it in the postseason in the second half that would be a lot of fun because anybody that's been to Fort Wayne that's a triple-a ballpark at the very least that you have there in Fort Wayne something to be very very proud of yeah and I know you're busy uh, being a good dad and seeing a lot of baseball yourself this summer but hope you uh, get a chance to swing through Parkview Field as a fan might even be able to pull some strings and Ooh. give you a little access to that uh, media spread, too, on a, on a Sunday or something. But, I'm uh, there for the buffet. I'll, <laughs> I'll leave a tip for you, as a matter of fact. <laughs> well, well, John, Darren, go yeah, I really appreciate what uh, you do for, for sports fans here in northern Indiana and uh, a real uh, treat to get the chance to join you again. You're the best, John. Best wishes to you and the broadcast team, and we'll catch up with you down the line. Sounds good. Thanks, Darren. Thank you so much. John Nolan, the voice of the Fort Wayne Tin Caps. The Tin Caps and the Cubs playing tonight. Pre-game at 645 with Max and Brendan. 705 first pitch. A beautiful night for baseball in downtown South Bend. More sports beat in a moment. 552 at WSBT. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 